the best approach that anybody can have and the best advice I can give anybody is one, know yourself. Know where your strengths are. Know what you effectively have a desire or a bit of a passion for. Two, to do your research. Show initiative. Show that you've, you've gone outside of the, the norm. You've gone that extra mile to, to actually you know, find a bit more information about a company, to understand a little bit more about a very given or specific project. And then three, put yourself out there. Put, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labrum. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. So today I'm speaking to Jamie Davis. Uh, Jamie is a former Wales international and professional rugby player. Since moving on from pro sport, he's forged an outstanding career in recruitment. He is, uh, up until very recently, he was a senior consultant with Walter James. And as of uh, Monday next week, he starts a new role with a worldwide organization called Boyden. He is hugely respected. Uh, Jamie and I met earlier this year when uh, he successfully recruited me for a travel operating company. And we immediately hit it off. He is a member of the Blue Light Leavers group. He's an outstanding guy. Within this interview, he just gives some incredible information that I know is going to be of huge benefit to you. This is worth sitting down with a pen and paper and taking some notes. Let's go over to Jamie now. Hi, Jamie. How are you today? Hi there, Andy. Yes, um, very well, thank you. And, uh, and yourself? Yeah, great. Thanks, mate. Where about you? Uh, so at the moment, you find myself, uh, find myself in Watford, Watford Bushwa, Bushy Watford in, in Hertfordshire. Yeah, I know very well. I used to live just around the corner in um, in Hartford and St Albans, so I know that area very, very well. Uh, so it's not a bad place to live. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Jamie, thanks so much for for agreeing to um, talk to us today on on the Blue Light Leavers podcast. It's it's really good of you, and um, you're a very active member of the group as well. You're giving some advice out, and I know you've got a huge amount on your plate at the moment as well. Uh, obviously, with uh, with the birth of your of your um, youngest, and um, so yeah, you've you've got an awful lot on. So, do you just want to go into uh, into the detail of uh, of the actual interview itself? Do you want to just give us a bit of background as to what it is you do and, and how you came to be uh, in the recruitment trade? Yeah, of course, of course. And and like I say, it's actually a privilege, in fact, to be a part of the uh, part of the group as well. Um, as you said, I've engaged with quite a few people on the group already. Uh, Stuart Maguire being one, uh, notably, actually, I spoke with again yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great. Uh, great initiative I think yeah, a lot of you guys can uh, have a lot of offering um, and I think there's a lot of people in you know, in my line of work and people that I'm working with are certainly interested in your types of profile Brilliant. Um, but look from, from my standpoint uh, yeah obviously I work with wow interesting enough recently been working with Walter James which is an executive search firm uh, based over in Mayfair we have very much a global remit um, I particularly focus on all things, you know, more so digital, digital transformation, uh, data and analytics in particular. Um, but quite recently, I've actually moved uh, moved jobs and, and, and companies at that. So I've actually moved across to another executive search firm uh, called Boyden, Boyden Executive Search. They, in fact, have just a, a bit more long-standing uh, established business. So they've been going for the last 85 if I'm not mistaken, again, with a global remit and a particular focus for myself on all things digital technology and obviously data analytics. Fantastic. Very um, exciting. And what's your background, Jamie? So how did you end up um, getting into, into recruitment? 
if I'm honest with you, it wasn't a career path that I had set up. It wasn't nothing that I had sort of previously planned in my head or even had discussions around previously. Uh, my background was very much sports related. Um, so I was quite fortunate to actually be able to play a sport and a game that I loved uh, for a living. Uh, so my sport was rugby. I chose what, rugby union at that. I know Stuart himself would uh, pick holes. The, the, the better code would be rugby league. But yeah. uh, <laughs> union's my game. Uh, so yeah, I started from, from quite a young age. was 15, 16. Um, so I found myself into an academy system. And from there, like I say, signed my first professional contract from 18. Uh, yeah, I played for eight years, I say eight years, give or take, um, between, I say, the, the WRU and RFU. So playing in the sort of top leagues in, in both, uh, in, in both countries. I was unfortunate, I suppose, I plagued them with, with injuries more so. Um, so in my spare time, I built up a, say, so a work ethic that, you know, I, again, I knew there was, had to be a life after rugby. And in my case, I felt that it was going to happen sooner rather than later. So um, I actually started off down the personal training route. Um, so I went through my qualifications to get my level three. Uh, I had a level two nutritionist as well. So I, so I had a very much active sporting background. But uh, as it happens, again, rugby is very much a game of team ethic, you know, team ethos. It's, it's speaking with people. It's understanding people, uh, you know, all shapes and sizes, all walks of life. And um, a sponsor of mine, in fact, uh, said, asked me the question, I said, look, what, what, what is life after rugby for you? And I said, look, if I'm honest, I haven't, I haven't got anything you know, planned. I haven't got anything set up. So, um, so I sort of, he made me think. He put the question on myself, he made it on me. And I thought, well, look, I've got personal training. I could do that. I could effectively see myself doing that long term. Um, and he just said, look, have you ever thought about going into, into business, whether sales, recruitment, um, I said, never really crossed my mind. Uh, it's a lot in terms of me as a person, they thought that you know, I could, I was always well, you know, I always worked well with people. I could communicate well with others. And he just suggested I, you know, I, I sort of go down that sort of recruitment um, yeah, route, shall we say. And uh, he introduced me to the, the, the right person and things just sort of developed from there. It's fantastic. And um, how long were you with uh, Walter James for? Uh, so it was just it was about two years, yeah, two years, yeah, two years on Monday, I think it would have been, but, uh, yeah, as I said, just uh, two years, so two years. Brilliant. And, um, you know, you were, you were a huge part in my success in, in getting a role, uh, through you actually. Um, and it was, it was an absolute pleasure working with you. So, uh, you know, to have you as part of the group right, cool. and with your sporting background as well is, is just great. Cause a lot of people will be able to relate to that as well. So, uh, no, really yeah. Really good of you to be part of that group and and to be doing what you're doing and and I'm just so pleased that you've you've found your niche and obviously exciting time for you as well with moving avoidance as well so that's that's going to be very yeah. exciting for you so yes yeah no like I said, it's a pleasure as well working with you I think yeah you've been yeah you've been one of the better ones to work with um, but no, I'm not like sure everyone agree with you I've got to yeah say from my perspective and from my experience it's been nothing but good so nothing but positive brilliant. There's a few questions that the group have asked me to ask you. And um, uh, so if we sort of go through them um, and we can expand on these if we need to as well. And, and so we're not necessarily looking for specifics around CVs or anything like that. But what we're looking for is a recruiter's perspective on mm -hmm. 
um, on these particular topics. So, so from where you are, um, what is you really looking for? So, for example, you know, what it's quite an open question. This, but what are you looking for in a CV? What does a recruiter look for in a CV? So, are there are there particular topics? Is it how do we match our CV with particular roles? You see where I'm coming from. So, it's, what is it that you look for yeah. in particular? Yeah, no. So, it's, it's, as you say, it's quite open, but I think it's a good question and naturally something that I think is quite individual and quite specific to each individual. Now. As you know, in, in this uh, space that I work in, obviously within the executive search uh, space, which is very much working from director level upwards, mm. naturally what I'm quite keen to, to see is obviously that past experience um, you know, in terms of what industries, what specific responsibilities that individual has had. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be specific to any given role. I think what I'm looking for is to get a better understanding of that person, see how versatile they may be, how you know good with people they could potentially be based on their CV. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the two main points. But what I'm naturally looking for is obviously the skill set as well. It's just mm-hmm. seeing where a lot of their stre- strengths are and how they've been able to highlight their strengths in given roles. And if there's any sort of um, you know, common pattern, or if there's any sort of you know, quite easily identifiable. Uh, skill set or strength that really comes out from from that paper or from that um, yeah from that CV. So, are you looking for um, achievements? If I'm honest, achievements definitely go. Yeah, you know, they do support. Um, yes, yeah, so they do do offer quite a lot of support then for that individual for that person. You know, moving forward, I yeah. think it shows that they've got the yeah they can see a project or given um, responsibility. Of through to its end or through to you know, a natural conclusion. Um, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever it might be, I think a lot of people aren't as concerned about how, how much that particular project or um, job role, whatever it might be, uh, the value of that. They're looking for you know, what responsibility did that person have in that given role? Now, was it a senior enough position? Did they have to manage a team? Um, with their sort of third-party uh, engagement or management involved, um, I think so. Everything from sort of my perspective is looking at that individual as a person and see how where they can work as an individual and, and I suppose uh, as part of a team as well. Yeah, yeah. I know it's very cliche. I have to admit that is very cliche, and I think you know a lot of people will will hear that in their own walks of life. But I think CV is. In my view, it's very much like a supporting document. It's just to really highlight um, or to, to bring to the fore to a recruiter, to someone or a hiring manager, to really highlight that individual strengths and a lot of their good points. I think you know, working with yourself, Andy, I think I may have asked you as well, you know, what, what are your key motivators? What are your key drivers? Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose some of your achievements that you are most proud of. Uh, they may not be the, the biggest valuation. They may not be the biggest project you've ever undertaken. It may not have been the hardest uh, or most complex project you've ever undertaken. But for whatever given reason, you know, what you can tell me what your you know, um, biggest achievement was and I, I suppose why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. The, but there's, a, there's a bit of a thing around transferable skills and we hear this all the time, mm. and it's a bit of a pet hate of mine, Jamie. To be honest, it's um, yeah. um, so that we we hear transferable skills, but 
you need so much more than just transferable skills. There needs to be some oh, evidence. It's got to be supportive. So mm. just saying, you know, I'm a good communicator or some, something really, you know, really not very good. Uh, you, everything mm. has to be backed up with good evidence within your CV and obviously for interview as well. Your CV is there Definitely. to get you through the door. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's really, and also, what about qualifications and such like? Do you pay much attention to qualifications? So if I'm honest with you, I don't pay too much notice or attention to the qualifications yeah. unless it has been specifically outlined or highlighted by the client that we're engaged with or working with. Yeah. Now, you know, from, to be very open with you, my uh, education, again, although you know, I, it was plugged into me from a young age through my parents and my grandparents, that it's so important for to have a good education behind you. Um, I eventually came out of my university degree with a pass, actually mm-hmm. a third. Um, but ultimately, you know, people will look at you know, the fact that you've been to university, you've got the, a degree. They don't matter what it is. Mm. Um, you know, I know there's companies. I mean, Walter James is one that you had to have a university degree. Um, you know, in a lot of other walks of life, it, they barely they barely glance at it. You know, there's, I think, it's quite common knowledge. You know, your likes of Oprah um, and some of your big. Oh, I'm trying to think who's actually there. Um, Oprah. There's a few other big players in in the market now. You know leading, um, say, faces, then shall we say, in the world mm. who haven't got university degrees. They haven't got college degrees. They've dropped out of college at age of 14, 15. You know, they were sacked from their first or third job, whatever it might be, for whatever reason, but now have gone on to be, you know, arguably some of the most successful people, not just in business, but in life. Mm. Yeah, without a doubt. So, in, in answer to that question, qualifications aren't as important unless for whatever given reason the client has specifically you know, mentioned to us that that is a necessity. Okay. So within your particular sector, do you tend to find um, other particular qualifications that, that people ask for? Um, I have to say within the sort of data and analytics field, yes. Um, there's obviously a lot of sort of the you know, data-specific um, qualifications such as your, your R, Python, uh, Spark, Q, whatever it might be. Those skills are quite, you know, they're actually very relevant for this space. Mm. But I think working with a more, as I said, you know, w- one of the um, companies, as you know well, Ariva, you know, again, their qualification, the only thing that they were looking for was actually Prince 2. Yeah. Um, that was the that was the only sort of qualification that was needed. Everything else, as you read, as you said beforehand, is very much evidential based. Yeah. But they want to see what projects you've run, you know, what anything that you've done and that you're proud of. You just need to have something on paper, something to be able to to recall or reference. In terms of having, yeah, very minimal qualifications. You know, whether you had a university degree, you, know, you dropped out of college, whatever it might, be, they didn't mind. They didn't care for that. Mm. Um, I think the transformation director himself didn't actually go to university. Um, I think literally as soon as he turned 16, he was in the world of work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is just very, very specific or very, uh, very much, you know, I suppose it's client, client specific where the qualifications or um, education is important. I understand. Um, Jamie, ATS. So the uh, system that's used with regards to, was it application, applicant tracking system, application tracking system? Yeah. Yeah. And the algorithms and, uh, and how they work. Um, I'm not sure whether you use them within Walter James or, or if you're aware of them and um, if if you're able to give us any sort of 
uh, any hints and tips with regards to AT? If I'm honest with you, it's not something that we, our iPad, um, direct correlation with, any direct um, experience with myself. But what I know of these algorithms and these sort of tracking systems, they are very keyword heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are applying to you know, particular roles online in particular, I mean, I know a lot of them are online based, um, you need to ensure that whatever the responsibilities are highlighted, what they, whatever they put in as the key responsibilities and what they're looking for, you just have to ensure there's a certain number, a certain amount of those particular keywords. So for instance, if it was say, just to go on, on, on some of my my expertise, if it's a data analyst or I say an analytics director role, um, you know, they've highlighted all the sort of key aspects what they're looking for. But the key element here is analytics experience. So you just have to be able to you know, identify or have highlighted in your C V and your profile that indicates that you have analytics experience. So just the word analytics in a sentence number of times that is what will draw that will flag your cv your profile to the top of the pile so it's really important then to match your cv with that job description massively um and again that is very similar with jobs that go through so those contingent or the the sort of what we yeah i suppose it is the contingent agencies Mm. so i suppose your likes of um, Hayes, Reed, the rest of those, you know, what they're looking for because they have to, you know, thousands, thousands of applicants. What they are naturally looking for is someone with the most, um, well, someone who effectively takes most of the boxes more times than the other. Mm. So, what's the way to get around that then? I don't mean in, in terms of tricking a system or anything like that. In terms of applying mm. for a particular role and, and doing your best to get through the door. Um, yeah. You know, I see quite regularly where you have a point of contact. So if you're interested in this mm. role, please contact such and such. Would you recommend that? Yeah. I certainly would. I certainly would. Um, and I think in a lot of these instances as well, it's important for you to do your own research on the company. Um, and obviously, you know, that individual, if, if it says, I say, please contact so-and-so, LinkedIn in particular is a great platform for anybody whether you've got your basic account, premium account, whatever it might be, you can view you know, a number of different profiles in any given space, any given walk of life. And I think if you can see that that, you know, obviously that company is, you know, and, and that certain individual works within us, typically HR or the recruitment side, then you can reach out to them directly or you can actually find you know, who they effectively could be reporting into or who, is, who else is a part of their team. Um, and you'll then be able to reach out to them in, you know, directly, just be able to speak to them. Um, yeah. As you said, a lot of them will either have their email address, so you instantly have an email format that you know, so you can effectively find the name on their website. So, uh, for instance, say it's a, a junior recruiter, um, say, please contact me. Uh, you can see their email format. You can go on their website, see who the executive, you know, the HRD, uh, or effectively one of the line managers, you can sort of work out that sort of uh, their, their business landscape. And then you can just effectively email whoever you want from that business. Mm. And what do you think the benefits of that are? It shows initiative. Um, you know, there's maybe some people who won't appreciate the fact that you've gone you know, out of protocol, out of process in their eyes. But for line or hiring managers in particular, 
um, they will respect that and more than likely actually respond to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to show that willing, to show that want and desire, it shows again that you're able to you know, to think outside of the box, to go outside of the, you know, I suppose the, the status quo that everybody just sticks to this quota. You know, a lot of these hiring managers, a lot of businesses are looking for people who are different. They don't want sheep. A lot of these people will look for someone who can, you know, sort of ch- you know, shape things up, you know, inject a little bit of, uh, you know, dynamism. They can show you know, that autonomous sort of approach and really have that sort of creative mindset. Mm-hmm. And something as simple as, like I said, you do a little bit of research, not applying through, you know, the standard process, going one above, going slightly, you know, slightly adverse to that. It, again, it, it shows that in abundance just by that one simple act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Linked to this, I think is that is the importance of that networking, and whether it's some whether it's a direct recruiter, or um, mm. you know whether it's just sort of you know networking recruit and um, getting in touch with someone via LinkedIn. And, and in fact, you touched on it already. But but how important is that LinkedIn profile? I have to. And again, it's something that I, I should um, not just preach, but actually do myself. But as you will see, as of tomorrow, if you do view my LinkedIn, it will change significantly as to what it looks like today. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, it is one of the easiest and quickest ways for people to get a quick snapshot of a person um, you know, from a from a business standpoint. So to say that it is almost business critical to ensure that your profile is up to date, is relevant and obviously highlights and indicates you know, most if not everything that is stating on your CV because people will be able to see that you know, for, for whatever reason if they were drawn to your profile on LinkedIn again and if it replicates what is obviously shows on your CV you, your job's already done, you've, you've done the hard bit you've got their attention for whatever reason they've looked at your profile and they say they will view that, look through that, and think, is it worth me reaching out to them? Is it worth me having a chat with them? Yes or no? And again, with your LinkedIn profile, Jamie, if, if because a lot of the people within the group and, and people listening to this podcast aren't necessarily going to know what roles they want to do. They might have an idea mm-hmm. on, on their skill set or a bit of an idea potentially, oh, I quite fancy you maybe getting into education or, or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, how can you use LinkedIn for, for that sort of networking? What, what would you suggests it's something that I, I may have put I think I put it on the group initially for my first um, you know, for when I first sort of joined the group in particular um, now it's really a great place to really highlight your strengths what are your key drivers but what you feel is your biggest strength now you can put that in you know the, the, the little summary box that's just below your profile picture you can put that you know in your last you can you know highlight that in Different areas or different jobs that you've had, but you can really, you can really showcase yourself. But really bring the bring whoever's um, whoever's viewing your profile, bring their attention to what you're good at, and to make them aware of what you're good at. Now, again, that could be a strong communicator. It could be operational excellence. Whatever it might be, you know, as long as you can, as you, as we touched on before, you know, provide examples or evidence of where you've done well in this then that's what you need to do. You don't necessarily have to say, all right, this, I, I did this role in education or I did this role in FMCG. Yeah, it can be very generic, but as long as it highlights where your strengths are, that is the bit that will draw people's attention to. Mm. And what about networking via LinkedIn? It's massive. I mean, you know, it, 
business work with people, um, whatever business that might be, is people oriented, is people focused. As many as as much as people think, oh, it's it's a, it's a B two B market, or so, you know, it's a B two C market. At the end of the day, a business can only run through people. Uh, I know there's all the artificial intelligence, there's also machine learning, you know, that's all great. But before that can really be implemented and actually take place or take shape, people need to be there. So the importance of networking is massive. If that is what that's what I do on a day to day, not just obviously um, working with clients and, and obviously understanding some of their strategies moving forward, business strategies and, and some of their requirements. But you know, I look beyond that. I look just before they give us a requirement or give us a need. It's a case of well, look, this is my market. This is what I want to focus in. So I need to learn who the best people in the market are at what they do. Mm. So I will network with everybody that I can even think of who would be closely linked, closely related to data analytics, all things digital. And as you know yourself, Andy, that's a massive market in itself. So I can speak to people all day, every day. Um, Again, not necessarily with an immediate need or an immediate opportunity, but it's something where I can hopefully build a relationship with them. And if the time comes when a client comes to me with a specific need, I can be a case of, oh, great, Andy does this. Let's, let's throw them forward. Let's, let's make the introduction. Yeah. Or I can have those conversations with clients and say, well, look, I can understand some of your challenges. I can understand where you're looking for this business now to, to go in the next 6, 12, 24 months. How have you ever thought about taking this approach? And if so, it's certainly worth speaking to, to Andy on this perspective and, and just obviously hash out a few few ideas from from, from him. Mm. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I think, again, you know, I, I've certainly um, received job offers and interviews as a result of networking via LinkedIn yeah. and via meetings that yeah. I've been to as well. You know, I go to meetups and other networking events and stuff. And, oh. and it's extraordinary. The opportunities are, are amazing, but you have to maybe step out of your comfort zone and do you something do. that you're not necessarily very used to. So, and I know you just, I'm putting you on the yeah. spot here a little bit, but I know you've, you've obviously just recently, oh. um, obviously got your new role. Um, mm-hmm. is, what's a little bit of background around just, so how did that actually come about? Was it a case, were you out looking? What was the, were you, were you actually looking? Were you headhunted? Um, so I think it was headhunted. Um, again, you know, just like, yeah, what I do on a day-to-day basis, looking for you know, potential candidates to put in front of clients. So I myself, I get approached, I get emails, emails from, from other Rectorex, other, you know, other companies, businesses, internal. Um, you know, they are looking for someone who effectively can, can, can bring new faces into the business, but not just new faces, but the right people, rather the right faces. So like I say, on a daily basis, I'm I say on a daily basis, it sounds a bit big-headed. Um, quite frequently, I am approached by different companies just in terms of that. You may not be looking, you know, but is it worth having a conversation because I've got you know, this opportunity on the table that I'd like to discuss with you? Um, in this given instance, like I say, I knew that, I'm not going to say that my role was limited at Walter James, but I could certainly feel that you know, the business needs came before my own. Mm-hmm. Whereas what I'm looking for for long term and obviously for my own success is to be able to carve out my own space, my own niche, and really you know, to drive this and make it my own. Um, so the fact that the one of the managing partners at Boyden approached me at that point, um, 
again, it was following, interesting enough, it was actually following uh, an event. Um, I say it was a roundtable, I say a roundtable, I thought leadership roundtable uh, that I found myself a part of, mm-hmm. <laughs> all very much within analytics. And um, and yeah, just through sort of a lot of conversations and from my point of view, it's a lot of question. Um, yeah, I think it drew people's attention to the fact that I was curious, keen to learn, but also had a bit of a network in that space. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit of credibility behind me, mm-hmm. and that would have been with the best part of six, six to eight weeks previously that that, that that took place. And then after the back of that, yeah, I had a, a, a nice little kind email from, from one of the managing partners just asking if uh, yeah, if I'd, I'd consider you know uh, any opportunity. Brilliant. And again, just highlights the importance of networking and just getting out your comfort zone, having these conversations Massive. with people, just reaching out and just just you know doing exactly that, just showing an interest. Um, exactly. Cops are notoriously um, poor at selling themselves in terms of uh, their, their skills and attributes. And uh, and again, it's sort of, um, I'm not really sure why it is. It could be a very British thing potentially, but it's, um, <laughs> um, but we are not very good at that sort of thing. Is there any sort of, um, you know, hints, tips, advice really in terms of, of what people need to do? If they see a role that they like, um, yeah, you know, what do they need to do and how do they need to present themselves? So I think just to go on what you've just said about, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone, I think what I say to a lot of people, I don't think I actually said it to you, but it's, something, it's, a, it's a phrase that I live by, is be comfortable be in uncomfortable positions or in, just get comfortable mm-hmm. being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. in short. Now, to be able to speak about yourself, now this is something that not just myself but my partner I know she struggled massively is um is being able to talk positively about yourself mm-hmm. now this is something that you know not just in business but in your personal life just you know if you just sit back and think right can I say three positive things about myself yeah I struggled <laughs> I struggled my partner struggled when I asked her um and you know she she even said to me when she was doing her CV uh, a couple of years ago, I, was like, I hate talking about myself. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, why? Why should you be uncomfortable? Why should you? Why is it so difficult to think positively about yourself? So, you know, this whole self-reflection uh, is something that I took very seriously. And I thought, well, look, this is something that I really need to to do myself um, before I can really, you know, start telling other people to do it. But I think if there's any sort of advice that I can give, is literally just take take a few moments and just, I suppose, you know, put 20 minutes aside, 15, 20 minutes aside, you know, on a quite regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, whatever it might need to be, and just think, right, three things that I feel positive about myself. Mm. If you can, you know, over time, that will become easier. You'll find that, yeah, really, I can name three things that uh, it's very positive about me. It can be, obviously, work-related. It can be life-related. It could be, you know, again, job with it, you know, whether it was a past experience, whether it was playing you know, sport, whether it was see, as a cop, you know, there's a, there's a situation that you, you know, look back on quite fondly. So you can just think like, that's positive. So, you know, in that instance, you know, so you diffuse quite an aggressive situation. That's good communication. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a good communicator. Great. I'm good with people. Great. There's things that will start unfolding, you know, mm-hmm. coming back from anything, actually, I'm actually good at this. I'm very good at that. So why not? Right. I'm now if I can, you know, I can now identify that. Let's now apply that to when I'm trying to look for a job or when I'm speaking to someone else. Uh, be a case of, well, you know, 
something that I worked on and that I sort of taught myself was, was a great example. Um, so that's three things I want to talk. You know, three good things that I can tell you. From past experiences, I want to just be able to tell that to you. So I sat down and I said, "Look, this is what I'm good at. This is the reason why." The more that I did that, I think I did that every other day for about a week. Yeah. Then, obviously, going for a job interview, if you're going to speak to someone that you think, "Right, this is an opportunity where I could you know, get a job," now, this is what I'm good at. And it, before you know it, it becomes second nature, becomes innate, that those things reel off your tongue. Brilliant. You seem confident when you deliver that. Mm. And you know, it feeds off. People will see that. And they, oh, shit, yeah, he's, he's, he's just, he knows his stuff. He's, he's, he, you know, he knows himself. Mm. And I think that, knowing yourself, knowing where your strengths are, are probably the most important aspect, the most important thing that you can do that takes very little, very little you know, minimal effort. Yeah, 100%. That's brilliant advice. Totally agree with that. Um, and for me, I think, and, and potentially sports-wise as well, but you know, people who I coach and mentor, uh, I always go through a bit of a sort of what we call a bit of woo-woo. So we talk about, uh, <laughs> we talk about positive self-talk and visualization. And yeah. um, you know, the whole visualization thing and just imagining yourself and everything going well in an interview and picturing it going well and people smiling and being positive and all those sort of things. And you actually sort of feel it and, and close your eyes and just have a few moments where you're just picturing it all going really, really well. And these yeah. sort of things are so important and they are seen as being a bit woo-woo, but things like exactly as you said, yeah. actually writing them down, what three things am I really good at? That sort of stuff is fantastic. And it does then, it then manifests itself in good interview, positive engagement wow. with people. And that's what people want to see yeah. that you've, you've got, when you get past the recruitment stage and you get through to interview through with your CV, they want to see someone that they can work with, don't they? That's the key thing. Could I work that's with this it. individual? Will they fit in the team? Yeah. Can they manage the team potentially? Um, and and yeah. these are all the key areas. And so you go in with confidence and, and that little bit of positive self-talk, self-belief, visualization, all that sort of stuff is fantastic. It is valuable and something that is so easily done yeah. for yourself. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't take anything whatsoever to be able to, you know, everybody can, I say everybody, I'm sort of just a bit of an assumption there, but you can write something down. You can put it down, whether it's on your phone, write it down, it's, it's three positive things. You can then maybe add to that, maybe five positive things. Before you know it, as you've just said, it will manifest itself. It will translate from yourself. You, you'll start to um, sort of just ooze confidence, ooze obviously the strengths of the, um, all the strengths that you possess. Um, you know, people will see that. They will feed off that and think, look, this is someone that I need to have either work with, he needs to be a part, or he or she needs to be a part of my team. Um, this person can actually run this department. Everything will just sort of just develop from that, and yeah. it'll just—it's a snowball effect. It's a massive yeah. snowball effect. Well, one hundred percent. Yeah, totally agree. So, are there any particular? So, obviously, we've got the likes of these big organisations, like you said earlier, that that have um, thousands of applications for you know each sort of. There, is there any way you can avoid that, or are there any particular areas where people should look at um, or potentially avoid? If they're looking for new roles, now, if you're, especially if you're coming from a, I say, a different perspective, a totally different angle, a different approach. So, for instance, if you're coming from you know, an industry, a sector that you're know is is going to have no sort of relevance or no bearing on what you're now looking as your next career, your next step. I think to apply to put your CV in front of 
you know, to, to against that sort of given job, it's not going to work. You, you know, almost you know, 99% of the time, uh, 99% of the time, you're going to be unsuccessful or get absolutely zero response. And you're going to feel very demotivated. You're going to feel quite disappointed. Because um, you think, oh, I, I thought I could be quite good at this role. But what you're doing, you're putting your your experiences, you're putting you know a lot of your key, what, what you think are keywords from actually your, you, what, what are your strengths against an algorithm, against a job, um, say, opportunity then that has no correlation. Mm-hmm. So you, it's just not going to, it's just not going to work. It's, you know, it, it's, it's not even a difficult algorithm. It's, it's very simple math. If you don't have the desired experience for this particular job, they're not going to look twice. It's not going to, mm-hmm. it's not going to match. So what I would probably look to do, especially if you're going into, or you're looking to take, you know, and go down a, a new career path, go down a new, you know, take on a different journey, um, it's to be quite targeted, be quite focused, um, understand yourself, so where you want to be. So do a little bit of research, find out where you think you can apply your strengths, you know, whether that's within any given industry, given sector. Again, it could be financial services, it could be, so very much, as I mentioned, operational education, um, retail, whatever it might be, hone in, hone in on that. And then you can do your research around target companies mm-hmm. that you feel, you know, they have offices nearby. They have offices in commutable distance. Uh, there are opportunities that you can see whether they are close by or not, but they have similar opportunities where you think that you can, can, you know, can provide a positive influence. Um, a lot of the initial onus is going to be on yourself to really you know, get a better understanding of, of what you're looking for. Because if you are just spraying your CV, your profile out to every Tom, Dick and Harry, the recruiters talk, businesses talk, you know, if they've seen a certain profile five, six, seven times, they're thinking, well, they don't really know what they want. So why am I going to you know, waste my time in speaking to this person when they don't really know what they want? So going with a set plan or a bit more of a, a bit of a silo focus, is silo bit too negative i think going with a clear focus of what you're looking for um again you can actually have a few different focuses i will say that i think you have a few different focuses but then be really regimented in terms of that approach so have a tailored cv for each you know each given focus um and then i say that basis around the business itself the hiring managers do your networking, you know, put yourself out there, literally, you know, whether that's reaching out via email, uh, picking up the phone. I think if you actually try to call them, you know, it's not my, it's not something that I'd encourage too much, but I think if you were to, if, if the number was there and that's the right person or you can, you feel that that's the right person to speak to, mm-hmm. give them a call. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what have you got to lose? You know, the worst thing they can do is say, like, I don't have time to speak to you right now. Call back uh, you know, at, this, at this time, at this time of day. And I have the phone, or worst case scenario, happened to be quite often, or it did happen to me more often than not in my early stages, is that they say, How did you get my number? So, well, I got it from either the website or I, you know, I give them an answer. I say, like, Don't call me again, put the phone down. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a bit thicker skinned and just not be like, Oh, you know, he, he told me no, or she told me no, she doesn't want to speak to me. Oh, all right, how often in your previous life were you told no? How often in your previous life have you faced those you know, negative responses? But as a police officer, I'm assuming you'd have that more often than not. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be used to that sort of rejection. 
it's just been able to pick yourself back up and think like that was one out of what six billion. Let's yeah. just pick up the phone again and speak to someone else. Let's reach out to someone else. There's, like I said, I think the best approach that anybody can have and the best advice I can give anybody is probably three things. Let's focus on three things. One, know yourself. Know where your strengths are. Know what you effectively have you know, um, a desire or a bit of a passion for. Two, to do your research. You know, be a show initiative. Show that you've, you've gone outside of the the norm, you've gone that extra mile to, to actually, you know, find a bit more information about a company, to understand a little bit more about a very given or specific project. Um, and then three, put yourself out there. Put, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, those are probably the three things that if you did, if you focus, if you actually applied yourself to, in you know, a week, two, three weeks' time, you know, I appreciate some people have families, jobs, and the rest of it. But if you can just set some time aside, focus on those three things, in two weeks' time, you'll have a great plan of action. And from that, you will, I promise you, it's a massive of so, positive elimination. You will find the perfect job for yourself. Amazing. What great advice. Uh, Thanks, Jamie. Are there any are there any particular sectors or industries or roles that are you know particularly buoyant at the moment? Uh, are there areas that are employing more than others? Um, I have to admit, as you know, I think we touched on before, I mean, you know, the whole technology space is massive. Digital technology. You know, I know there's a few people who think, oh, I can I can barely work on iPhone, yeah, but if you can. <laughs> If you can actually sit back and actually break things down a little bit and just get a, bit, a little bit more of an understanding around how you know, this, these digital tools, platforms uh, are being implemented in that and obviously how, how they operate, how they work. You, and obviously then use your strengths, your strengths, whether that is communication, whether that is you know, pure analytics, actually breaking things right down to a fine-tooth comb and then sort of reassembling it but in maybe a different, different way. But your offering can be massive and very beneficial to companies. Um, so I think if you were to look in any sort of given focus, technology, digital, you know, that is one place that is just gone from strength to strength and mm-hmm. is crying needs out for that all across the board, mm-hmm. all levels, all walks of life, whether mm-hmm. it is, as I say, finance, education, retail, retail, FMCG are massive, um, telecommunications, um, What's yeah. FMCG, mate? Uh, so fast-moving consumer goods. So it's very much your cons- consumer markets. Uh, so, you know, you like so, you know, supermarket brands, Tesco, Unilever, um, P&G. There's a lot of companies that you probably, again, the P&G, Unilevers of the world. Mm. Yeah. For your common, you know, for, even before I started with Water Jones, I probably wouldn't have known what those brands are. You know, you, subconsciously, you may have seen these brands. But then if you actually pick up any household item, whether that's, say, if you go into your bathroom this evening, uh, you want to go brush your teeth, turn your toothpaste over, and you will see whether that would either be P&G, Unilever, or potentially Recky Pinkies at Johnson Johnson, mm-hmm. um, those brands. Mm-hmm. But almost everything you pick up, whether that's in your bathroom, your kitchen, or your food cupboard, every one of those items will be branded by those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, actually, that is what it is. It's very much consumer focus. FMCG is very much a consumer based product. One last question from uh, ahead, one of the members of the group. 
and they ask, Does, uh, do my social media accounts get checked? <laughs> uh, certain levels, yes. Yes, they do. Um, outside of LinkedIn, most people probably they go to LinkedIn, especially from yeah. a business standpoint, uh, LinkedIn. But then, you know, in, I know the legal space in particular, anything that you have put on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, they go through a fine tooth comb and they go back a long way. Um, and the reason why I know that there was an incident that I witnessed firsthand where a, a, a candidate went through numerous uh, interviews at a very, you know, quite, quite senior level. I think we were talking in the region about 150K as a, as a basic salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wowed all of them, all the partners, um, and again, global partners as well, not just UK, but um, based. she interviewed with people in the US, uh, Austria, Australia, and all of them said, she's fantastic. Right, you know, we, we're just going to do, obviously, a few references, we're going to do our, our standard checks. Um, but look, we can effectively tell you now that we're going to give her the offer that she wants. So we were thinking, oh, great, fantastic. Um, we had an email that evening uh, to say that there was an article written by, by this woman uh, when she was in university, uh, which was, I think, 11 years ago. Uh, she wrote one that is a little bit controversial and can effectively be seen as discriminatory. Uh, on you know, racial, racial to some extent. Um, so as a result, they they obviously reject her. They said mm. from from that one article that she read as a student, um, yeah, she was she was rejected for this role. Everything else again, and she said it's like it was obviously it was big disappointment from from everybody involved. Um, but she said like, I didn't even think I didn't think about it. I didn't think that far back that it was something that I wrote as a. You know, as, you know, quite an open article as as a student. Um, say lost all track of that. Didn't think that it was actually you know attainable to anybody. But like I say they do do their checks. Um, but I suppose that's a bit of an extreme case um, because in most instances, depending on what level that you're going at, from maybe it's not sort of that executive board level. You know, it's very unlikely that they will look through your through your social media profiles. Brilliant. Mate, there has been so much amazing information throughout this entire interview. I mean, it's just extraordinary. There's, the stuff there is fantastic. It's going to be so helpful for so many people. And um, thanks for your time, mate. Honestly, it's, um, no. there's so much good stuff there that uh, I think it's, it's worth listening to and people taking notes and, and, uh, and putting into practice all that stuff that you said. So, um, and, and, you know, yeah. the three key points that you mentioned as well and just fantastic. So, Jamie, thanks so much, mate. Really, really do appreciate it. And um, no, you're welcome. Thanks, mate. And, uh, and we'll be in touch soon, I'm sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And I say more than welcome. And yeah, like I say, if you do find that valuable, I hope you do. Um, but if you did, if anybody listening to this and, and you know, anybody moving forward have any other questions, um, definitely I'm always open to, to helping out where I can and just giving you you know, from my own experiences and from my own standpoint, you know, any feedback or, or constructive help I can give. Thank you very much. And people can obviously reach out to you uh, through the um, through the Blue Light Leavers group, as you know. And um, yeah. can they can they get in touch with you via LinkedIn as well? Can they connect with you via LinkedIn? But yeah, by all means, by all means. As I said, I'll be uh, I'll be updating that tomorrow. 
Um, but yeah, please feel free to just drop me a LinkedIn message, um, you know, connect, whatever you need to do. Because uh, I know on certain accounts you have to connect before you can send an email. Uh, an email. Um, so yeah, please do. Please reach out. Um, you can find me on Jamie Davis, but I'll share my link on, on the Blue Levers group as well. Um, Great stuff. On. Fantastic. Very best of luck in your new role as well. I'm sure you're going to absolutely smash it. <laughs> Jamie, thank no, you. I appreciate it. We'll talk again very soon. No, more than welcome, Andy. It's good catching up with you as well. Thanks, mate. All the best. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. What a fantastic interview that was with Jamie. So much information, past so much knowledge and so much stuff we can put into good use. So if you like what you've heard, please subscribe and please leave us a review. And you can also join us in the private Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash blue light levers. Look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Bye-bye for now.